Let us bow our heads as we pray. Our Father in heaven, we come to you this morning because you are our only hope. We pray that you will remove all obstacles from our minds, from our hearts that could stop us from hearing your word. Let Jesus Christ be lifted up. May all glory and honor be given to him for Christ's sake. This morning, I'd like to speak with you under the caption, Under the Juniper Tree. Under the Juniper Tree. Our scriptural reference is 1 Kings chapter 19. And I'm going to invite the technical team to put it up there. And we're going to read responsively because I want you to internalize some of this. Well, all of it, not some of it. 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're going to read responsively. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Let's go again. From verse 1. From verse 1. First Kings 19 from verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And when he saw that he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said,
And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and brake in pieces the rocks before the Lord. For the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? The Lord said unto him, Go, return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet, so he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing the, with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elisha, Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Thank you for reading with me this morning. I wanted you to get the full story. Now we're going into the presentation. I'll share with you some background information. The Hebrew word for juniper is rotem or retem. R-O-T-H-E-M or R-E-T-H-E-M. And it means broom shrub or broom tree. And the broom tree that Elijah rested under in the Negev was the retama retum. That's a Latin name for it. Also known as the white broom and the white sweeping broom tree. The broom tree is thought to be indigenous to the Middle East, North Africa, and possibly Sicily. In Israel, it is widespread in deserts, including extreme deserts, shrub steppes, and the Mediterranean woodlands. Although called a tree, it is a shrub with a broad canopy. In Israel, the white broom tree is most beautiful between January and April, when it is covered with a myriad of white flowers. And the flowers of this emitter honey fragrance. At times, seeds remain viable in the soil for several years until the seed coat wears down. Mass germination can occur after a fire that destroys seed coats. In Israel, rabbits consume the pods 
and have been known to disperse seeds up to 6.2 miles from parent plants. And the seeds can survive soil being mulched or composted. Just thought I'd share the background to you. As we look on the theme, Under the Juniper Tree. And about Elijah, the northern kingdom at that time had had eight kings in 58 years. Eight kings in 58 years as a nation. And Elijah himself had reigned between 874 to 853 BC under Ahab. And this is the same prophet that God had anointed. And he had destroyed, he had obliterated the prophets of Baal. And here we come to this story. The context of this story I'd like to share with you from fundamental beliefs number eight from our church's teachings. All humanity is now involved in a great controversy between Christ and Satan regarding the character of God, his law and his sovereignty over the universe. This conflict originated in heaven when a created being endowed with freedom of choice in self-exaltation became Satan, God's adversary, and led into rebellion a portion of the angels. He introduced the spirit of rebellion into this world, and when he led, this is when he led Adam and Eve into sin. This human sin related in the distortion of the image of God in humanity, the disordering of the created world, and its eventual devastation at the time of the worldwide flood. Observed by the whole creation, this world became the arena of the universal conflict, out of which the God of love will ultimately be vindicated. To assist his people in this controversy, Christ sends the Holy Spirit and loyal angels to guide, to protect, and to sustain them in the way of salvation. You can find this on our World Church's website. This is the fundamental belief number eight, which addresses the great controversy. And Elijah himself represents every blood-bought believer who decides that you, he or she is going to follow Christ. Last week, I heard Pastor White in a sermon say that if you are not having trouble in your life, that you are very comfortable on Satan's side. And I, I, am, I would want to agree with him. The Bible tells us that we are going to go through fiery trials. And look at what happened to Elijah. You read this story yourself. And I was deliberate in having you read the entire chapter. To look at how this man of God. Who thought he was the only person surviving in Israel. He was the one that proved to a whole nation on the top of Mount Carmel. That this God, Jehovah God, is the real God. And this is the man who had destroyed all the prophets of Baal. A day later he hears that this queen is out to get him. And what does Elijah do? He runs for his life. And Elijah here, as I said before, represents the believer who has done great things for God. And even if you have not done 
what we call great. Even if in your small corner, you're lifting up the name of Jesus. You are a target for Satan. And so Jezebel said, Let the gods do with me. Find back that scripture there for me. She said, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at this time. Can you imagine? He got an ultimatum. He got 24 hours to live. That is Satan speaking there. Elijah took off. And I want to tell you this morning. Sometime the enemy gives you an ultimatum. He tells you that you are done for. You are finished. He says, brother Baron, you are done for. He says, sister Lewis, you are done for. And sometimes as believers... Regardless of how spiritual high you may have been. You can become scared. Because look at this man. Who ended up being translated. Elijah didn't face death you know. And this is Elijah. He had a mountain top experience 24 hours earlier. And this lady gave him an ultimatum. She says you are going to die. Sometimes the doctors tell you. You have six months left. Sometimes they tell you that you have three months left. Sometimes your employer looks in your face and says, By next week this time, you'll be out of a job. Sometimes your spouse looks at you and said, It's over. Sometimes your child looks at you and said, I'm not interested in being in a relationship with you anymore. Sometimes your child looks at you and said, Look here, I don't believe the Advent message is the right message anymore. Sometimes somebody at work or at school, they tell lies on you, seeking to tear you down. But guess what? Somebody said, If it no rotten, no dash it way. When you get an ultimatum from the enemy, remember that God is on your side. One key lesson to learn from this is, a, is that Elijah was consumed by fear. And fear motivates so many things that we do. And I want you, when you leave here today, to reflect in your own life. And see how it is that the fear of so many things stops you from doing some things. Many things that are good. And it can also propel you to doing things that are good. Reflect on it. Sister White in Prophets and Kings, page 162 says, Utterly wearied, Elijah sat down under a juniper tree and sitting there he requested for himself that he might die. A fugitive far from the dwelling places of men, his spirits crushed by the bitter disappointment. He desired never again to look upon the face of man. Into the experience of all. There comes, there come times of keen disappointment and utter discouragement. 
days when sorrow is the portion. And it is hard to believe that God is still the kind benefactor of his earthborn children. Days when troubles harass the soul, till death seems preferable to life. It is then that many lose their hold on God and are brought into the slavery of doubt, the bondage of unbelief. Could we at such times discern with spiritual insight the meaning of God's providences? We should see angels seeking to save us from ourselves, striving to plant our feet upon a foundation more firm than the everlasting hills. And new faith, new life, would spring into being. What a profound statement. Could we at such times discern with spiritual insight the meaning of God's providences? We should see angels seeking to save us from ourselves. This is Elijah, consumed by fear. And life sketches, page 196, we have nothing to fear for the future. Except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. The second lesson that we can learn is that Elijah did not know the thoughts of God towards him at that moment. And so it is so many times with us. If we could only knew, if we could only know or perceive the wonderful thoughts that God has in mind for us. Sometimes God moves in such great ways. God knows that you might want to go to one of those top universities. You might not have even applied. And somehow somebody just calls you. And say, why don't you apply there? Out of the blue you get a scholarship. Three years, four years. God moves in mysterious ways. So many times we don't know his thoughts. He could out of the blue have that wonderful spouse that you have been looking for. I saw one of my friends on Facebook yesterday who is unmarried. She said, if only my husband knew the things that I have planned for him. This is a lady that is seeing through the eyes of faith. And here we have Elijah. Not knowing the thought of God at that time, Elijah became suicidal. Look at what verse 14 says. As proof. And he said, I have been very zealous, jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thine covenant. Throw, and have thrown down your their, their, and have thrown down their altars, thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I even I only am left, and they seek to take my life. Elijah is saying, brothers and sisters, look here, is one Adventist left in the world? No, you know, one Adventist left in Israel. This man you know, 24 hours ago, that was doing exploits for God. He's saying, no, there's one Adventist left. 
Mitas, will you take me, God? Mitas, will you take me? But God, in verse 18, reassures him. There is always somebody who is going through a similar experience. God says, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal. And every mouth which hath not kissed him. Elijah did know that there were 7,001 Adventists still around. He thought there was just one. He thought he was the only one. Micah 4.12 says, But they know not the thoughts of God, neither understand they his counsel, for he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. Jeremiah 29.11-14 says, This is what the Lord says, You will be in Babylon for 70 years. Elijah's 70 years lost was a very short time. Because God met him. Brought him up into the mountain. And you should see how Elijah's life. We're coming to that. This is what the Lord says. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come. And do for you all the good things that I have promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And I will be found of you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you again home into your own land. Are you going through a rough patch in your life? Do you feel that all hope is lost? I have been there. I have been there where when you pray, have you ever been there? You pray and it's like the prayer never reach anywhere. So you just cry to the Lord. Sometimes no tears are there. Because you have cried out everything. Dr. Freeman, isn't that possible? You've cried out everything. So when the pain hits you. Nothing left. No tears. The old people, you would say your tear bag dry up. And I always hear an elderly lady say, don't cry too much now. You have to leave some for a rainy day. <laughs> you never heard that before. Leave something in the tear bag. At this point, nothing seems to be happening good. And you think it is all over. But I want to remind you, the third lesson is that God renews. Under the juniper tree, God renews Elijah through the beautiful thoughts that he had for his life. Elijah thought he could outrun God. Elijah left his servant 
and ran. God chased him down there in the desert. In the desert, in the middle of the desert, the man gets a cooked meal. You never thought of that. I want to tell you, sometimes the enemy tells you that your situation is lost. It is done for. Look at this man. Out in the middle of the wilderness, he gets cooked meal and water. Not just one cooked meal either. Two cooked meals and water in the middle of the wilderness. Who could it be but God? God chased down Elijah. God knew Elijah's thoughts, you know. And you're sitting there and listening to me now. And your mind must have gone back to some of the challenges that you are facing. And wondering, Lord, why have you not done this yet? But you know what I tell myself in my dark moments? I say, if God has not given it to me yet, it's because he's not yet ready. And you have to encourage yourself that the God that you serve can do anything. There's nothing impossible with him. If you have asked him for something and you don't get it yet, just encourage yourself. Because if he wants you to get it, nobody can stop you from getting it. Lucifer can't stop you. Your neighbor cannot stop you. Your friend cannot stop you. When God says it is time, everybody else has to be just silent. I remember as a child, I used to drive, we used to build carts, use bottles and bottle wheels and rubber and wood and make carts. We used to drive them. These young people these days don't know what I'm talking about. I think I need to have a special event <laughs> that we all make carts and drive them. And you know, some adults don't understand how they can try to destroy a dream of somebody. You must speak positive things to children. Somebody said to me, you will never drive a car. So you can't practice on the car as much. I wish I remember who it was now. Speak. <laughs> Speak positive things. God chased down Elijah. God says, eat, sleep. Eat, sorry, sleep, eat. Sleep again. Eat again. And then intense physical exercise. Elijah ate so much to last him 40 days, brothers and sisters. 40 days of food. Baked by an angel. Elijah ate and drank. Sat down. He ate, drank. Went back to sleep. Ate and drank again. And he continued. In the strength of that meal. Forty days and nights. Until he reached Mount Horeb. The same place where Moses got the Ten Commandments. God appeared to Elijah there. This man, you know, that said, guess what? 
I don't want to be an Adventist anymore. This same man, he gets to another high point. And that's why I said Elijah at that point didn't know the thoughts of God for him. Because look at what happens with Elijah afterwards. It says, And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. This man that should have been dead is putting up a leader. Putting up a leader for a bigger country than his. God sent him to anoint that man. Can you picture that? You are the only Adventist left in Jamaica. You should have been dead. But God sends you to go and put in a president in Cuba. And then, and Jehu the son of Nimshe, shalt thou anoint the king over Israel? So this man, that should be dead, is installing leaders in two nations, authorized by God. And then he says, get a new president for the Adventist church. And by the way, I don't mean that in Jamaica. I'm just using this <laughs> because I know the kind of season that we are in <laughs> so God says get Elisha and look at how Elisha was quick to move he said alright look, this is how the spirit works you know brothers and sisters God just said Elijah get this man Anoint Pastor Brown. And he just leaves. He said, first, let me just kiss my parents. And let me kill the cow. And feed the people. Sorry, maybe, should I have said this in, in the pulpit? Well, it's in the word of God. <laughs> they say, kill the cow and feed the people. That's what Elisha did. And it's a beautiful ending. He leaves. Elisha leaves at a moment's notice to go. Uh, uh, one of the verses said, And he departed thence. Quite an ironic end to a suicidal man. This same man, further in the scriptures, never tasted death. And he appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Christ. Look at the story. Look at how the story ends. When the disciple felt the Spirit, he said, let us build three tabernacles. This is to tell you the power of the man when he was connected with Christ. Don't you want the Elijah experience? I want to close with these, with this quote from Spirit of Prophecy. Ministry of Healing. None need abandon themselves to discouragement and despair. Satan may come to you with the cruel suggestion. Yours is a hopeless case. You are irredeemable. But there is hope for you in Christ. 
God does not bid us overcome in our own strength. He asks us to come close to his side. Whatever difficulties we labor under, which weigh down the soul and body, he waits to make us free. And Isaiah chapter 43, 19 reminds us that God will make a way in the wilderness, springs in the desert. And Isaiah 40 verse 31, he says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. But I know some of you oldsters in here love the King James Version. Yes, Elder Gluder, I see him pointing at me. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. If you believe the word of God this morning, will you just stand with me? As we pray.